Hi, welcome to the Happiness Hive podcast. I'm Catherine Bowyer and I am completely fascinated by people and what motivates them. I've spent the past three and a half decades specialising in mindset and human behaviour and I've helped thousands of people to create happy and amazing lives. And now I am super excited to be chatting with women from around the world who I have secret and to be honest, not so secret crushes on. They're women who inspire me. I'm intrigued as to how they do life and what makes them tick. I want to find out their magic formula that makes them who they are. And at the end of the episode, I'd love for you to say, I'd like a little bit of what she's having. The conversations are real and raw. They're full of passion, inspiration and lots of fun. And nothing is off limits. So grab yourself a cuppa or pop on your trackie and go for a walk and join us for today's chat. There may just be that pearl of wisdom you need to hear. So let's shimmy on over and get started. Hey gorgeous, welcome back to the Confidence mini-series. Last episode I chatted about imposter syndrome and today it's going to be about the confidence to be you, so embracing your authenticity and it's looking at authenticity and that connection with confidence. And we we often hear that confidence comes from within, but what does that actually really mean? Do you know what? For me, it's about embracing who you truly are. It's about being authentic and unapologetically you. And I'm really choose that word unapologetically you. Uh, for me, that's really important because being, it's about being you without conditions, without apologizing, without making excuses, without being or feeling bad for who you are. So it's apologetically being the genuine you. So what we're going to, what I'm going to chat about in this episode is authenticity and being the cornerstone of really building our confidence, being clear about who we are at our core so we can definitely build our confidence, how to uncover and express your true self. A lot of, a lot of people I work with, it's just like, yeah, actually I was with a client today and she's like, I don't even know who the, the real me is. I feel like I've worn this mask for so long. She said, I'm not even sure who the real me is. So I'm going to look at some tips about that. Also, how to deal with some of those pressures that we feel, not just even from society, but from other people in our lives and even pressures that we're putting on ourselves. And also about how to show up that visibility piece and how you want to show up in the world and how you can actually do that. So for me, authenticity isn't about being a perfect version. Oh my God. Like, um, that is so not what being authentic about. Imagine trying to be these perfect versions of ourselves. That's, that's not what it's about for me. It's about being genuine and true to what's important to you in life, really living life that's aligned with what's important to you, like knowing your, your values, your beliefs, your goals and dreams and aspirations, what you want in life. And it's about you being you 
and not trying to copy or be anybody else or trying to emulate anybody else. Sure, it's, you know, we can be inspired by others and we can take little bits of what inspires us, but it's about doing it our way. It's about being really comfortable living life our way on our terms and being who we want to be, not who others um, want us to be or expect us to be or tell us that we should be or any of those conditions around things. It's about really living life on your terms, knowing who you are, what's important to you and living life in alignment with that. It it doesn't mean that we have to like explode all the dirty laundry about things and that was what going, that what's going on for us. And it doesn't mean that we, that we're just a one size fits all and we have to be the same way in every element of our life. It doesn't mean that we don't change or adapt in, in different situations or around different people in our lives or what we want for ourselves. It's about knowing really who we are, what we stand for, how we want to do life and just living life. I don't think we need to overcomplicate this. Sometimes a lot of people really overcomplicate it. And I'm not, I also don't want this to be a glib. Oh, this is really easy as well because parts of it are not and parts of it they're they're those limitations that have had a hold of us those shackles that have had hold of us so that's why I'm doing this series to kind of share some 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 tips around things that where I can help and I'll be really honest like this is my view of the world there'll be people listening that'll have you know potentially different view of the world there'll be some other coaches out there that have other things that they talk about being confident that might be different to what I talk about. I'm not going to cover everything on authenticity in the next sort of 30 or 40 minutes. Uh, There's no way I can do that. But what I'm doing is sharing some insights some experiences and some tips with you that kind of are based on what comes into my head at the moment. I do I do have a few little notes because you know me that I tend to, once I get talking, can get a little bit, a little bit distracted and off topic. But anyway, I'm going to try my very, very best to, to keep on, 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 on point today. So authenticity and confidence. It's like we talked about last time. Confidence and self-esteem are related. Authenticity and confidence are absolutely closely intertwined. When you're being authentic, you generally feel more comfortable in your own skin. Maybe not initially for some people, but generally when we're feeling good about who we are and showing up in relation to what's important to us, then we generally feel a little bit more comfortable, which then has that flow on effect about helping to boost our confidence and our self-esteem and our self-assurance, which that all packaged together become these nice little confidence boosters. And I mentioned in the last episode when we talked about imposter syndrome, that when you're feeling good about who you are and are showing up authentically, we we can't be fakes or frauds then because we're showing up how we are. We're being genuine and that can take some of the worry about out of how we view ourselves. We can't be imposters when we're being genuine 
It's when we're pretending to be somebody else or when we're thinking we should show up a certain way or we've got to do things uh, the way that other people do them or, you know, when we're starting to live our lives according to other people's rules, that's when we start to feel like we're going to get caught out for it and that's when that imposter syndrome kind of sneaks in. So if you haven't listened to last week's episode, pop back. Um, You don't have to listen to them sequentially by any means. There, There are lots of studies around the traps about being authentic, how it can lead to certainly increased confidence. It can help to reduce stress as well. It can help to increase our levels of how we feel about ourselves, our general well-being. It can also lead to more kind of increased job satisfaction, so feeling good about what we're doing in our work, our business as well. And also when we're showing up authentically can help with our relationships with family, friends, colleagues as well. And I know, like I know that when I've, when I've been authentic, when I've shown up authentically, it's really helped me to, to be more confident. And for a long, long time, I felt that it hasn't been okay to really be me. There's one, actually, there's one instance that pops into my head right now when I was uh, leading a particular project and there was one member on that project that used to push my buttons like you would not believe. And I'm very much a collaborative, consultative style leader and he just fucking, God, he pushed my buttons. And I it really, I was really questioning my leadership style and my leadership approach because he wasn't respecting me or responding to me in the way that I felt he should. <laughs> and so I was kind of going, oh, my natural approach isn't working. So I need to be really directive with him. And that just felt so uncomfortable. It was almost, he became even more combative when I was doing that. And then I thought, oh, maybe I the pendulum swung too far. So I need to be much more gentle and and really doing things his way, which didn't feel comfortable either. And anyway, long story short, we had a lot of conflict and it was just like, I don't even know what to to do here. I was almost ready to walk away from that project and it was a real passion project for me. And I was almost ready to walk away from it because he was just the thorn in my side. I really questioned my ability as a leader. And then through a whole lot of soul searching, I went, you know what, Catherine, just lead the way that you lead. Sure, you haven't been getting results with him, but you're not getting results by trying to lead a different different way. So I went back to my usual leadership style and he just disappeared. He just said, I don't want to be part of this project anymore. So I think the fun might have gone out of it for him. But what I learned from that is show up the way that I show up. And it's not not everybody's going to love that. I was the leader. I was the leader on that project and I needed to really step into that. So anyway, that was getting back to about me feeling questioning my authenticity as as a leader. And there are some other things I'm just got to, yeah, so this was about when we feeling confident when we show up authentically. I I mentioned this in the, the last episode about that duality of how I lived life that, you know, after mum passed away, I was very, very confident or appeared to be confident on the outside. I got on 
and became very, very capable, which people saw as me being confident, but I was full of self-doubt and fear and trembling on the inside. And this played out for a long, long time in life and still does from time to time. And I recall a pivotal moment in which this really affected my life. And I kind of had suppressed this until some, I don't know, five, six years ago when I was reflecting on just stuff in life. And it was when I was about 25, and I've put, I've mentioned this before in some of the, the different episodes that I've done. So I was about 25. I was at work being accredited as a Myers-Briggs type indicator, like a facilitator in using the MBTI. And the facilitator was this old guy, this, this big old guy. And I was probably about 25. And we're going through all the different personality profiles, the different qualities of each of the, the different preferences styles within the MBTI. And he was being, we're going through each of them and it just fascinated me how people showed up differently in life and how like the MBTI really reflected. It was a really instrumental tool in me getting a lot of self-awareness around me. And as we were going through each of the profiles, there's 16 different profiles and he was going through and he was describing them. And if there were people in the group, he would use them as an example. And there was all these like really positive qualities and traits. And then when he was talking about an ENFP, for those of you who are familiar with MBTI, I was just like, oh, my God, tell me all about me. Like, tell me all about me. And he said, Catherine, you are a classic example of an ENFP. He said, you have big personality. You're a big woman. So you've got, and I was overweight then. I was five foot, I was, I'm still am, five foot nine. So tall-ish. Um, actually, I was probably about five foot nine when I was 12. So I was certainly felt tall then. But he said, Catherine, you are a big personality. You have big energy. You're a big woman and you intimidate people. And he said, what I suggest for you is that you need to tone everything down. You need to make yourself small so you don't intimidate and overpower other people. And I was just like, oh, my God, like you have just shared all these positive qualities about all these other 15 different profiles within the MBTI. And here you are talking about me and my profile and you're coming across telling me that it's not okay to be who I am because I intimidate people. So the strategies he told me, uh, when you come into a room, he said, I would suggest you get to meetings early so you can get in there and you can sit down and that you don't overpower people. And that if you're in a group, make sure you sit down and don't be the, the person that speaks. Don't be the first person to speak. And I'm just like, Oh my God. So he just rattled off all these things of what not to do because it wasn't okay to be who I was. That, excuse my language, that was fucked up. And so 25, if you think about the journey of my life, mum passed away when I was 12, numb, suppressed a whole lot of emotions, yada, yada, yada. In the workforce, job I didn't love, yada, 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 yada. Then I found something that I was really, really interested, passionate about, training, coaching, learning. I was studying psychology, adult education. I was learning all these amazing tools. 
and I was just starting to come out of this numbness of teenagehood and early adulthood. And then there's this person saying, it's not okay to be who you are. Now, in reality, that's not the first time I had heard that, but it was a really significant time that I just went, oh my goodness, it's not okay to be who I am. Around about that time, I travelled overseas on my own and it really affected my personality because I'm just like, oh my God, it's not okay to be that big energy, that big fun energy. I have to tone things down. And it really like kind of screwed with me, to be honest. And I felt like it was a really big setback in my personal development journey. So I, I came back from overseas, really second-guessed myself in my work you know, I was progressing in my career, but I really second-guessed myself in my role as a, a trainer and a coach. And I worked with this other woman too, who was just so, she was intimidating. She was bloody intimidating. And I felt like it wasn't okay. I just felt like that it wasn't okay. So this unsuredness about who I was and how I was, what was okay for me to, to show up. And, and then I remember when I'd come back from overseas do you know what? When I worked in the tax office, there was so much personal development, so much. I learned a lot of the tools of my trade when I was back working for the tax office in the 80s, 90s and 2000. I know that makes me sound really, really old, but hey. <laughs> so I came back and there was this one consultant. I remember him. He was an old guy as well, but he was really cool. He was really cool. His name was Bert Weir, and it was probably one of the really pivotal personal development sessions that I went to that was, and it was a work run session, but it was about life and how we wanted to show up in life. And it was also about goal setting and manifesting and creating the life that we wanted to live. And work was a part of that. And one of the things that he said is, if you always do what you always done, you'll always get what you've always got. And that has just stayed with me if you if you always do what you've always done, you'll always get what you've always got. So that launched me into some really deep reflections about where I was at in life, what I wanted and who I wanted to be. I think they were the questions. I don't still have that workbook, but there was some really pivotal questions about who are you? Who do you want to be and what life do you want to live? And I was like, oh, my goodness, this just opened up magical, sparkly doors of self-discovery that I, oh, my gosh, I loved so much. So it was really empowering and helped me to get back on track with feeling okay about who I was so that blimp about the guy saying it's not okay for me to to be who I was it was the meaning that I placed on that and, and do you know what that, anyway it was the meaning that I took away from that that it was not okay for me to be who I'm meant to be so lots of personal development lots of self-discovery oh my gosh I loved I just loved learning about myself so much and getting different 
insights into how I ticked, but also learning about how I ticked through learning how other people ticked as well. So my fascination with human behaviour has stemmed, you know, way back, um, way back from a personal perspective, but also from a, a work perspective as well. So lots of self-discovery. So self-awareness is absolutely a, a, a big part of working out who you are, that who you genuinely are. And there was something that I did more recently. So, so that was back in the, I'll whisper it, that was back in the 80s, 1980s, maybe 90s. It might have been early 1990s. That's a long, that's a bloody long time ago. But anyway, um, something that I've done more recently, and it's a different version of what I did then, and it was, who am I? Who Who am I? Can I describe that, who I am, in a sentence and even a word? So if I was to describe who I am, is there a word that describes me? And I'm not quite sure why I wanted to limit it to a word. I think it was something that an activity that somebody had shared. So who am I was the question. And I'm just like, oh, my gosh, who am I? That there is so many different roles that I play in life. And the process that I went through was this whole big mind mapping exercise into who I am, a mind map of Catherine. That was fun. And it was about words that just described me, the way that I would describe myself. And it was just this whole big, it wasn't even a list. It was just a whole big word dump of, and not even a dump, a, a beautiful creation construction of just the different words that describe me and the different qualities of me, the different roles that I play in life, the, the, the career roles, the family roles, the friendship roles, the community roles. So I just put all of those down into the, the mind map. I then also looked at what are the things that I really like to do? What are my passions? What are the things that light me up? What drains my energy and the things that I don't like? How I also thought about how would others describe me? And I had the, I guess the, the beauty of some, you know, feedback and testimonial type things that I could use. But how have others described me and what might they say about me? And then I also thought about how am I currently showing up in life and how do I want to show up in life? Are there differences to how I currently am showing up and how I want to show up? And what what are the things that are important to me in life? What are my values? What are my interests? What are my strengths? What are my superpowers? What am I known for? So this was just all the stuff. And this wasn't a sit down one afternoon and it's all done kind of activity. This was just an evolution. It was just so much fun discovering, rediscovering, connecting, reconnecting with who I am. And I did come up with a word to describe me. And part of me almost doesn't want to say what that is, but part of me does because I'm not sure whether this will have meaning otherwise. I would love to, I would love, what will I do? 
will I, will I share it? And this isn't live, so I can't get feedback from you. But I came up with a word that described, actually, do you know what? I'm not going to. I hope I remember to share this in the next episode. I'm just making myself a note. Sorry, that's not very good um, podcast with me writing and going silence. But I came up with a word to describe me and it felt really, really good. And I think it still describes who I am. So you're going to have to listen to the next episode to find out what that word is. But I came up with, I'll show you, for those of you that are watching on YouTube, there's a little little resource that I've got here, the one word describing me. It's just a template. You can do this on your own. So this is about being me. And at the top of it, it's just got one word describing me. Then underneath that, it's got what what that one word means to me. So I went through with my one word. Mine's a hyphenated word, so I cheated a little bit. And I then wrote down all the things that that meant to me. And then on the back of the page, it says what actions I'll take to be that one word. So what I did was I I wrote down all the things that that one word meant to me. And that was almost like a reconstruction of my mind map that I had kind of deconstructed all the parts of me. Now I was putting it all back together about what that actually meant. But the thing I did on the back was I jotted down what are things that I will do to ensure that I am that person. And what has evolved from there is what I call my life terms and conditions or my personal code of honour. Now, you can get these from the website. They're on the free resources tab. So happiness-hive.com. Go to the Happiness Hub and there's free resources there. I'll also put the link in the show notes for you as well. But it's I've taken the life wheel, which I shared with you last episode. You can go get that from the free resources as well. I've condensed it a little bit, and I've got for each of those areas of the life wheel or the condensed areas, how do I want to feel in relation to those areas? And then what will I commit to doing to feel that way? And what will I commit to not doing? to feel that way. Now that might sound a little bit confusing, but so the first one I've got here, this is about in relation to myself. So I want to feel love and loving and light and free and unlimited. I want to feel peaceful and calm. I want to feel joyful and happy and positive and vibrant and sparkly and vivacious and authentic and believe in myself. I want to feel that I'm making a difference. I want to feel fun and playful. I want to feel brave. I want to feel courageous. I want to feel accepting and allowing and that anything is possible and wonderful things are about to happen and different different things about how I want to feel about myself. Then what I've got gone through and said, what are the things I'm going to do to make sure I feel those things? I'm going to love myself and be in love with myself. I'm going to be in love with life and I'm going to embrace who I am and be comfortable being me. I'm going to be myself and not give a shit what others think. I'm going to believe in myself and what is possible. I'm going to have fun and be playful and be brave and try new things and step 
along my comfort zone. I'm going to expect wonderful things to happen in life and allow them to happen. I'm going to see the good in everything and everyone, and I'm going to live in the full radiance of my soul and the highest expression of who I can be. So I can feel those things. And then the things I'll commit that I won't do is I'm not going to beat myself up if I have a down day. I'm not going to be critical of myself or others. I'm not going to doubt myself or I'm going to doubt myself less. And I'm not going to compromise on what's important to me. So I've gone through and I've identified how I want to feel in the different areas of life and what I'll commit to doing and what I'll commit to not doing, if that makes sense. And I did that with my one word as well. I'm so busting to tell you, you'll probably hear it and go, oh, really? But it, so the the life terms and conditions is on the, the free resources. The one word template isn't, but if you want that, just DM me and I can flick it to you or you can come up with your own. So, so I created those personal life terms and conditions because you know how when we buy stuff, there's terms and conditions that we say that, you know, we'll do this or we won't do that. I kind of go, well, if I want to live my best and most beautiful life, then what am I going to commit to myself to, to doing that? So. There, there is some, some of the things that helped me to get back on track. And, and there are some other tips that I've got here for you as well. And I'll just step my way through some of those without trying to get, be too distracted <laughs> about things. For me, self-awareness is key. Like knowing yourself that you can't, you can't get to who you are without discovering who you are and who you want to be and how it's like that GPS that I've talked about before that if you want to be somewhere different to where you are now, you've got to know where that starting point is. So really just uncovering all the parts of who you are. So exploring your values and your passions and what makes you unique. See if you can come up with your one word to describe you. Do you know what? I'm not sure if you really need to have one word. For me, the one word just helped me to narrow it down and it's not narrowing down who I am but that was the process that I enjoyed going through and it wasn't the one word even though that really helps me to stay true to who I am it was the process of going through that remember the process that I said about that mind map of me and that was the empowering part because it helped me to get to explore all these different parts of who I am. And it really helps me to stay on track and be authentic. It really is my, my guiding star into, to who I am and how I want to show up in life. So there's some different ways that self-awareness, there's some of the resources that I've got here. And as I said before, if there's anything that I've mentioned and I haven't provided the links to, just message me and I can share, so share those resources with you. You know that I'm the queen of journaling. I love, love, love journaling. That is even just at the top of your page, just saying, who am I? And see what flows out. The the journaling is the connection to the inspiration. So journaling, meditating, just sitting and asking yourself that question. You don't need to write down the answers. I, I like to write. There's a real thing for me in in writing helps to connect with my thinking 
process and my feeling process around that as well. Seek guidance from somebody who can help you. There's so many resources out there that can help you. Sometimes there's too many and it's overwhelming. I think one of the things that I'm able to do is help simplify things for people. So reach out to those people that can help you, maybe like a coach. I I know a good one if you're looking for one. (laughs) Really listen to your intuition. You have the answers. You might not know how to access those answers, and that's where you need a guide to help you, but you have the answers within. So by creating space, creating opportunity to ask yourself, and I know a lot of people, when I say to them, if you knew what to do, what would you do? And very quickly comes a response, I don't know. And then I'm giving away all my tricks here. Then I ask them, but if you did know, what would you do? And I just shut up. I just shut up. If you did know, what would you do? And then when they say, I don't know, I then ask them, but if you did know, what would you do? If you did know, what would the answer be? Just sit with that. And when they sit with it, they're connecting with their intuition. They're connecting with their inner guidance. They're connecting with their higher self. They're connecting with themselves And when they really provide that space and time to connect, the answers come. Sometimes people don't know how to access them. So listen to your intuition in finding out who the the real you is. Reflect on your life experiences. What are the patterns? What are the, the kind of milestones in your life? I've shared this before, but a really empowering, super, super powerful exercise is I've written out my life story but I haven't written it out in a actually I did write it out in a lot lot of pages but I've summarized that and what are the the key points in life where are the key patterns what is my life path to here and what do I want it to be moving forward that's hugely oh my gosh that was so so powerful so many pearls of wisdom that came from that. So writing out your your life stories to, to help see patterns, significant events, breakthroughs and turning points. That bloke that said I intimidated people, I had suppressed that until I had done this activity quite some years ago about really looking at the my life trajectory and that just memory just popped in to, to my mind and it was just like, oh, yeah, this was – bigger deal than I remembered it to be. Um, It's not a big deal now. It's just me talking about it as an event that happened. I don't have any, do I have emotion? Yeah, I probably do have emotion to that. I don't have emotion like I did have to it. So breakthroughs, turning points, what's important to you, what you stand for as well. So not just that the values are about what's important to you, but what do you stand for? What do you believe in? What do you stand up for as well? So there's some some little tips about um, uncovering your true self and embracing vulnerability, being raw and honest about things. This is an honesty thing. Like there's no point in doing it if you're not going to be honest with yourself. Some people find they will uncover some stuff, reconnect with some stuff that they go, oh, this is the authentic me but it's not okay for me to be that person because if I am, it will impact other people. 
it will impact people that are important to them in their lives. So they're overcoming the pressures and the expectations from certainly society, but from others and sometimes ourselves about being authentic. So society often bombards us with, you know, expectations about how we should look, how we should act, how we should live, what we should have in our homes, you know, what we should be doing in our businesses, what we should be, how we should be showing up online, all those things. You know, we can also get these expectations from those that are closer to home about how we should look, how we should act, what we should do, what we should say, you know, our partners, our families, our friends, our colleagues. And these external pressures can certainly stifle our authenticity when we think that it's not okay to show up how we really want to show up in, you know, and sometimes, you know, it might, people might not like us. They might really not like us. And sometimes when we show up authentically, there is that risk of alienating people, people rejecting us, people not liking who we are, people telling us that it's just a phase that we're going through. There's a whole lot of things and that's real. That is absolutely real. But I guess it's about at what expense are you prepared to compromise, suppress, live, maybe even live a lie in order to meet other people's expectations? That's something you need to answer around that. What is the the consequence of doing that? And, yeah, the, the, the consequence of doing it. A, a lot of the expectations from others, especially society, can lead to those feelings of, you know, those imposter syndrome feelings that, that you're a fake or a fraud, and it can really can really erode your confidence. And many women feel that they have to be perfect to meet those expectations. And if they're anything less than perfect, then that they're not good enough. And those different elements of perfectionism and imposter syndrome that I talked about in, in the last episode, that they put pressure on themselves that if they're not being perfect and living up to other people's expectations, then therefore they are a failure. So not true. So not true. But I really encourage you to, to challenge in whatever way you challenge those societal norms and the pressure that you feel from others and even yourself and redefine what being authentic, being successful, being happy means to you. It's about you do you. Remember, you do you, boo, and I'll do me. So the way what I talk about, it's the processes that I go through that I want to share with you. The outcome is not you know, your outcome is your outcome. Mine is mine. You live life on your terms, not somebody else's. That, if there's one, is, is there one thing I want you to take away? There's so many things, but if there's really one thing from this is live life on your terms. Be you. Don't try and be somebody else or don't try and live life according to somebody else's rules. That's why I came up with those life terms and conditions. They're yours. What's important to you? And, and I 
felt from quite a young age that I had to do things the way that I was expected to do them from, and a lot of that was from family conditioning, that my dad was quite traditional in his approach to life. And so was his mum, my grandmother. And after my mum died, they were the kind of the adults in my life. And that, you know, and the glimpses of when I was trying to work out my identity as that impressionable teenager, trying to work out who I am and, you know, what's okay to be, it was kind of frowned upon. Like it, it was almost, I had this feeling that they felt that I was being rebellious and that I was bucking the system. I, I don't recall deliberately doing that. I think what I was just trying to do is work out who I was and express myself. And I wasn't a traditional kind of person. I wasn't, I didn't want to do things the same way that they had always been done. And I still, I know now that that's not, there is no way that I want to do things the way that they've been done. My, my God, one of my mottos in life is to like do things my way, but to come up with new and innovative ways of doing things that has always appealed to me. So I, I felt that a lot of my family conditioning was that again, it wasn't okay for me to, to be that person. <laughs> and I think I knocked nearly knocked my poor grandmother over with a feather when I showed her my wedding dress and we had a fancy dress wedding. We had an Australian colonial theme and, and I'll, I'll share the reasons for that some other time, but we had a bush dance in a shearing shed and the bush dance, um, the dance floor was just out in a paddock and it was just this beautiful, beautiful, fun, fun wedding. But we dressed up in Australian colonial theme, but I had a, it was a white dress, but I had a red velvet bustier and black lace-up boots, and my poor grandmother was just like, oh, my God, what is she doing? (laughs) What is she wearing to her wedding? And I was not doing that out out of shock or disrespect. I was being me, and I was expressing, um, John and I were expressing who we were and the fun and the joy, and I guess through my growing up with some of that family conditioning was was just knowing when that was appropriate when times it wasn't appropriate you know when when to kind of push the boundaries to really fully be me and when was it not appropriate to do that so that's what authentic is it doesn't mean you just show up regardless um it's about knowing when it's appropriate to to be the the whole full version of when it's okay to um to, to tone it back a little bit. And I guess on the back of that, sorry, this is probably going to be, this is a bit of a longer episode than I was anticipating. Sorry about that. If you're still with me, cool. I hope you're still with me. That the different masks that we wear, part of the, when we're not being authentic is that we put these different masks on and we pretend to be different people in different situations. I think we can still be authentic and show up differently. We adapt to different situations we can be bits of chameleons, but I know that I had very, very, very carefully curated masks that I would wear that I didn't want people to see who I truly was because I felt that, again, it wasn't okay in certain pockets of life to be that. So I would wear very, very carefully curated masks. And I also, in wearing those masks, lost 
kind of identity as to who I really was underneath them. So that's where a lot of the work's been happening over the years. So showing up authentically, and I guess part of that is how we are being visible. And for those of you, I know that there's a lot of the listeners that are in business and they talk to me how they don't feel comfortable showing, being visible within their businesses, whether that's online or in person or even just talking about what they do. There was a client the other day who's preparing for a photo shoot and she's in the wellness industry and she said, I don't want any photos of me. I want all the photos about my clients because my business, I'm there supporting other people. And I said, absolutely, I get it, but you're your business as well. People need to see you so they can see who's behind the business and who is the business. And she's like, oh, I don't want any photos of me. I get that. But if you, if you, wanting to be successful in business, people need to, you need to show up, honey, you need to show up. How you do that needs to be in alignment with who you are. I know there are some people who are very, very gregarious in showing up with others and others who have much more of a reserved energy. You can be either or both, but it's about how do you show up for yourself in your, in your business, but also how do you show up and be visible for friends, for at work, colleagues uh, as well. So one of the things that I think it's about knowing who you are as well and how you do want to show up, what messages you would want to to communicate, and it's about communicating those openly, honestly, and potentially there's there's vulnerability that goes with that. When we're honest, doesn't mean I see some people saying oh, I was just being really vulnerable, and they tell you all the the stuff going on you know we need to have filters around that as well set boundaries that honor your authenticity so how much are you going to share where are you there's one business owner I know that she's very very visible but she will not show anything about her family or inside her home she said that's my sacred family space when I'm showing up online I'm showing up in relation to my business and I will share those elements but there is, there are limits, there are boundaries about what I won't share. Also think about the, the like-minded communities and connections that you can make and think about where are you being supported and where is that kind of high vibe aligned energy? And that might be a safe space for you to, to show up. And, and this, some of this is for online. A lot of it's in person as well. And I know. Certainly when I was doing the rebranding for my business, the Happiness Hive. So you all know I've got the corporate arm to my business. I don't, I'm not visible there in any marketing terms other than word of mouth. The work that I do, a lot of my work really comes from now word of mouth, which is beautiful space to be. When I was rebranding and introducing the Happiness Hive as the personal art coaching arm of my business, different kind of game that, that people, it was about being visible in a different way than I than I had operated my corporate arm to my business. And I really thought about what what is the message behind what I do in the Happiness Hive? And it's about helping women to really love who they are, believe in who they are, feel comfortable and confident to show up authentically and live 
lives that they are just super excited to jump out of bed every day to live. So it's about helping women to live their their best lives. You know, what's my why? Why do I do that? I do it because I know what it's like not to live my best life. And I also know what it is like to live my best life. And I have some amazing tools and resources that I can share with others. And it's my calling. It's my absolutely calling to be able to help others. So my why is that's why I'm here in this lifetime. How do I want people to feel when they interact with me? That was one of the things that I went through is how do I want people to feel when they interact with me? What's the the little bit of sparkle and magic that I want them to to take away and the energy that I want them to pick up? What's my messaging and even what's my brand personality? What's my personality? And it's about having all of those in alignment. So when I've talked to you in this episode about you showing up authentically and knowing what your passions are, what your values are, what your interests are, I did the same for for me in my business and I did it the same for my business. So the happiness hive, it's all about happy, positive vibes. The, the messaging is about that. Even the imagery of it is, I'm hoping, I'd love your feedback, but I'm hoping that everything is congruent there, that it's aligned and it keeps me. So when I'm clear about my messaging, that helps me to show up. And some days, yeah, sure, not as clear as others. <laughs> But it's about practicing, practicing and practicing. And, you know, quite some time ago, I did uh, set myself a challenge. It was a five day. Was it Instagram? I can't remember if it was Instagram or Facebook. Yeah, it might have been Facebook live challenge. So just getting comfortable, sh- but showing up live on in front of the camera. And th- there was some clunky bits. There was some really clunky bits. There are still clunky bits. Oh, my gosh. But by doing it. I got a little bit better and a little bit better and sure, still learning stuff, but I feel more comfortable. Even though every time I press submit, there's a bit of a, <gasps> I feel more comfortable than I did when I first started doing that. So practice, practice, practice. There was something else that jumped into my head then too. You know, I'm talking about visibility online, but in person. And remember, I've got a lot of, I've had a lot of birthdays and I've got a lot of years where my profession is about coaching and training, you know, training. I was trained to, to, to stand up in front of groups. Sure. I still get nervous around that, but I'm really, you know, I do a lot of preparation beforehand. So it gets back to, to knowing who I am and what, what message am I there to deliver? Gosh, sorry, this has gone on a little bit longer and I hope there's so many things. I think when I said at the beginning, I almost forget what I say. Actually, not almost. I forget what I say. And I think I said at the beginning that there is so much on this topic of confidence and being authentic. I've gone where my mind has taken me today with a few little notes to prompt me. There is so much more, even as I'm talking about this, it's just like, oh, my God, we can talk about so much more. But given the time, this is where I'm going to bring it to a to a close. So, you know, looking at authenticity and confidence and how they're interrelated. But the real key is that self-discovery in becoming authentic. And what does it mean to you? What does authentic mean to you? Maybe that's where you start. What does being authentic mean to you? And if I am authentic, who is the authentic me? Who is the real me? And just do the mind map of you 
and I'd be interested if you come up with a word. See if you can guess mine. I would love, please, whatever platform you're listening on, provide comments or do it on socials. What do you think the one word was that the one hyphenated word was that I used that describes me, wraps me up in a hyphenated word? I would be interested. I would be interested. So, and I've also shared some, some tips for helping you to become, maybe to unbecome some elements to connect or to reconnect, to discover or rediscover who you truly are. And it really is a journey. It's not a tick done. Although for some people it might be, it's a process and it can be very, 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 very fluid. So embrace your true self and it's not always easy. It's not always easy, but it's a powerful journey that can really profoundly impact your confidence in your life. And not everybody's going to like, love the, the real you. Some might not like that you're taking the steps to evolve, grow, bloom, blossom. Some people feel, some people just don't like it. Some people feel threatened by it. So think about that process as well. And it takes courage. It really takes courage to show up as yourself. And it's about adapting and responding to situations and people but still being true to who you are at your core. Like I am, I am who I am at my core. I'm relatively consistent, but there are times when I need to respond differently. There are times, there are situations that call for a more polished version of me. And there are situations when I completely let loose so thank you for joining me. I really, I really appreciate that you're still here. Sorry, it was a little bit longer and in exploring authenticity and confidence. And I'm going to catch up with you in the next episode, which is still looking at confidence. It will be the third part in this four part mini series. And that's going to be looking at body confidence. So self image confidence. that that self-image, how we view ourselves. So there'll be some overlaps. So I'll catch you in that episode and you can download. Remember, I've got the free imposter survival kit that's got some tips in there about how to overcome imposter syndrome. So the the details for that will be in the show notes, but it's at um, www.impostersurvivalkit.com. And that'll take you to the link there. The free resources on my website, happiness-hive.com, then under the happiness hub and the resources. And if there's anything that I've chatted about during this episode that I haven't provided the link for, if you, or you'd like to chat with me about anything or to, to inquire about coaching, please reach out on socials, email, um, carrier pigeon, However, however you do that. So, and I would really love just last, last, last before I go, I'd love you to provide a review that, that helps to get the podcast out there in, into more ears and hearts of listeners. And I think confidence is such a lack of confidence. I would say such an insidious bloody thing that can hold people back. And there might be just some little tidbit in here that helps somebody to 
take a step forward into something that would be my hope. So anyway, love to you and I'll chat with you in the next episode. See ya. Bye. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed the episode. You can spread the love by sharing it with a friend so she can have a little bit of what we had today. And don't forget to rate and review so we can get it into as many hearts and ears as possible. You can keep the conversation going on my Happiness Hive socials. And if you'd like some more high vibe happiness in your life, come and join me in our community of inspired and motivated women at the Happiness Lounge. This is my online membership club and your central hub for everything you will need to be truly happy and bounce out of bed every day living and loving your best and most beautiful life. To find out more, pop over to the Happiness Hive website and click on the link working with Catherine. Until next time, big hugs and happiness.